Yeah, are you one of our regular students? Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, the wonderful world of Sydney place names. Your teacher is Grace Carskins, Professor of History in the School of Humanities and Languages at the University of New South Wales. Grace, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Richard. Yeah, you can you can t- learn a lot about history by looking at the, 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 the place names and the names on signs. They sure, you sure can. Like They are little clues to history embedded in your everyday landscape, and they all have a story. Now, you're particularly interested in the Hawkesbury Nepean. It's the subject of your new book. And the names there, really, they change over time. The same, na- the same place name, the same place often has three sets of names. One of them is Indigenous. One of them you say is a convict name, and the other is a kind of posh name. Tell us about that layering. That's exactly it. I, I might talk about the convict names first, and that's just my nickname for them because... Um, they were the ones, they were the names that ordinary people gave the landscape they encountered. And the ordinary people were the workers, the small farmers, um, who were mostly ex-convicts because convicts made up the the majority of the population. But I love the names because they're plain, simple, descriptive and useful. (laughs) So, you know, when they get to the Hawkesbury, they call it the Green Hills, because there were green hills there, fertile hills. Uh, the Blue Mountains, because they were blue. There were emus at Emu Plains. There were ducks on Duck Creek. Um, and then, of course, when you come to tributaries, that you don't give them names, you just call them the branch. And if there's another one, you call it second branch. So you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah, well, they were, they were at this for a long time, weren't they? Thinking about your first book about the place called The Rocks. It was called The Rocks because it was The Rocks. That's right. And uh, uh, Richard Woodhouse, my husband, and I play a game when we go on trips where we spot the convict name on the road and anybody can do it. So if you see a pipe clay creek, that's, I reckon, a convict name or, you know, three mile creek, because that'll tell you you're three miles from somewhere. Um, You know, deep creek, rocky creek, you name it. Those sorts of names are ordinary folks' names. And I just find them really, really interesting. One of my favourites on the Hawkesbury is Down the River. Now, where's that? Where's Down the River? Well, Down the River was Down the River. It was round Sackville and Portland Head and places like that. But, like, it was so far away from the Green Hills that they just said, oh, well, he lives down the river. And that actually became a name. So I just find that hilarious. <laughs> Another one from the convict time is is Bull Ridge. Uh, some might not know the story, but it's well told in your new book. There was this uh, basically escape of cattle and they ended up breeding in the hills, didn't they? They sure did. They 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 went south west to the uh, cow pastures, named for obvious reasons, where they flourished and multiplied amazingly. Um, Governor Macquarie tried to get rid of them, but there were some escapees, and they roamed in the Blue Mountains and to the north of the Blue Mountains for decades. And there's a place at Currajong above down the river, um, which is called Bull Ridge, because that's where the bulls hung hung out, and all the way up to the Hunter Valley, um, terrorising drovers and their stock. People were terrified of them because they'd bellow in the night and charge into the the stock and and scatter them. So uh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a place still. Bull Ridge. Now, mm. layer on to those convict names, though, the posher names that, were, that came from, you know, Governor Macquarie and others. Well, that's, that's right. So 
We all know uh, Governor Lachlan Macquarie arrives in 1810 and he's a great improver and so is his wife Elizabeth. And, you know, this is their little domain and he's not going to have things like down the river and, and you know, Blue Mountains or, well, he did stick to Blue Mountains, but Green Hills, well, that definitely had to go. So with a wave of the viceregal arm, he just renamed a lot of places, especially on the Hawkesbury. So that's how, you know, Green Hills is already a town 15 years old and it becomes Windsor. Mm-hmm. Much <laughs> and then the 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 re- because these are uh, a water going people on their boats, these settlers, they have named all the reaches with names like Sawyer's Reach and and uh, Milkmaid Reach and uh, and named very sort of na- ordinary people's names like mm-hmm. that. But Sawyer's Reach becomes Cambridge Reach and Milkmaid Reach becomes <laughs> Bathurst Reach. <laughs> so he's pa- he's you know flattering his patrons and he's also trying to say, look, I'm the boss here. I will name these places, not you. Um, and, of course, down the river becomes Sackville. That's right. Much posh. I mean, a great example. Uh, on the traffic reports here on the radio, I'm constantly talking about Woodville Road, which, you know, is always uh, suffering prangs. It wasn't Woodville Road for, uh, for, for the whole of its history. No, it wasn't. The original name was Dog Trap Road, which I think is a lot more gutsy <laughs> and, and, you know, very redolent of that early colonial period because it refers to the traps used to catch the many dingoes in that area. Um, but, of course, when the respectables come in, a lot of late later 19th century colonials are very obsessed with respectability and they don't want it. They want to cover over that early kind of rougher Period, and so they call it Woodville Road, which I think is really boring. Right, we'll, we'll, to... we'll, we'll, we'll agree on the traffic reports to, to convert it back to <laughs> okay. the convict name. Uh, of course, these two layers of convict names and then the posher names, they mm. are themselves an overlay of the Indigenous names because everything is named here. Everything is named. There were hundreds and thousands of names already here. The country is replete with names, of course. Um, now, in, you know, Aboriginal people had done that. They'd already knew their country intimately and they'd named it all. Um, And what's so interesting about what we're discovering about the Aboriginal place names now is they're usually part of song lines which narrate a mythical journey of an ancestral being and the dreaming. Um, They're also like like for non-Aboriginal people, they're wayfinders and memory aids. Um, but, you know, usually I'm working on a project with Derek Women in, on, the, on, the, on Durubbin, the Hawkesbury River, and we're learning that place names say something about real places and why they're important. And I think they're as culturally significant as, as rock art and artefacts because they are embedded in the landscape and they're telling us something about Aboriginal culture and mythology. So give um, us some, tell us some examples of the things we're familiar with, the Hawkesbury Nepean and its towns and what they were known as. Well, that's right. Well, we found this amazing list compiled in 1829 in the Mitchell Library, uh, compiled by Reverend John McGarvey, and that includes the Aboriginal names for Windsor, Bulya Yoreng, and, which means hill camp. Um, and Richmond is Marangora. Uh, which means uh, a sandy camp, which is actually uh, true in terms of the soils there, and Wilberforce, which is Wanji, which we're still working on on what that means. Um, But there's 170-plus names, and we've been able to relocate 100 of them and pin them back on the map, which is very exciting. But I think even more exciting is uh, we have a linguist, Dr Jim Wafer, working with us, and he's... He's the one helping us gloss those words. So we're finding out what they mean. And when you look at them together, 
it's just incredible because they are spinning out in patterns um, of meanings on at least four levels. So there's one level where it's all about the places of trees, animals, birds and resources like ochre. Um, and then there's another level about people. There's a social geography, places like um, special campgrounds for older men and old women. There are contest grounds and corroboree grounds as you as you go along the river. Um, I think that it's also interesting that a lot of these names refer to body parts. So the river has arms and knees and it has eyes. So to me and to the Darug team, it suggests that Aboriginal people thought of the of Jurubbin, mm-hmm. the river, as a body, as a living body. Um, and then finally, there are sacred words referring to ancestral beings, uh, creation stories, supernatural phenomena, and sacred ceremony. And, and sometimes they're clustered together. And so they suggest to us that that's a sacred zone along Jerubbin. Mm. Well, maybe we'll all be saying Wangi instead of Wilberforce uh, before too long. Hey, uh, Grace, what a great lesson. Thank you so much. Ah, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Richard. It is Grace Caskins. For the layers of names, particularly in the Hawkesbury and Nepean area of Sydney, you can listen again, of course, to her lesson online, abc.net.au slash Sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast next week. Michelle Power from the School of Biological Sciences at Macquarie University. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week. <laughs>